following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Season's greetings, Erica. A very belated season's greetings to you, Emily. What are you talking about? Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes. Merry yes. Christmas. Yes. Um, Merry Christmas. A few days late. Yeah. Uh, my tree is still up, so technically it's still the Christmas season. Is it not? Um, mine is it up. So it's not here in this house. It can be in your house. We operate in a different time frame here at uh, the Entrevia apartment. Question... Yes. At what point does keeping your tree up become weird? Um, probably if we hit February, I would say. Okay. Or um, well, I would. Um, I'll give you another week or so. Another week? Oh, wow! Well, I mean, if you February. hit if you hit February, it's really bad. But um, but like my birthday's in February, so wouldn't it be nice if it's like my birthday tree? I think once we hit like a month. You know, January twenty fourth, like that's yeah, pretty bad. Saying, okay, yeah. I just I'm gonna have that issue of throwing it out because it's it it's hard, and I don't know if anybody has any way of combating the whole when I touch my tree, the needles start to fall off now because it's you know been up for a while, uh, and therefore when I le- drag it out of my apartment, I'm just gonna track needles everywhere, uh, in the apartment and then outside the apartment and so on. And is there a way to handle that? Um, they, they have, they make like Christmas tree bags. Hmm. Okay. So, like big enough to, I mean, you have a small tree anyway, just get a really big garbage bag and put it over it before you take it down. I tried that last year and the garbage bag only got to like, it didn't get very far. You have to buy like the big, um, like my dad buys them for the garage, like the really, really giant trash bags, like the thick black plastic. Okay. I'm going to steal one from work. Because I'm suddenly yeah. in my head, I was thinking, oh crap, then I have to buy a box of giant garbage bags I'll never use. No, I was going okay. to say I'll bring you one, but I don't think we have any right now. So, But okay. yeah, steal one from work and try that and let me know how it goes. Okay, and I know the world is anxious to hear. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and l- let's talk about Glee now. Okay, so um, we're going to be talking about the Christmas episode today. Yes. Uh, and we are like, what, one week away from the new episode? Of- yes. <laughs> okay, all right. So we, we managed um, to work that. We, we did up. it. We caught up. We caught up before the next session, and that's all that really matters. Yeah. Uh, and in that interim, um, big thing. Well, not big things, but there was an announcement regarding Glee, uh, and the spinoff, which is not going to happen. Yes, no spinoffs. There is not going to be a spinoff. But apparently, uh, particular actors are staying. Yeah, including Leia Michelle and Naya Rivera and Chris Colfer and. Um, uh, mushy face. Uh, what's Finn's name? What's Finn's name? Corey Monteith. Yeah, Corey yeah, Supposedly, like none of them are going anywhere. Yeah. Apparently, according to them, though, they have Brian Murphy has a brilliant way to keep them around. So right. we'll see. And the way my theory now, if you go on the Palaver boards over at palabr.com, uh, you know we've been talking a little bit about this and bringing up different ideas of like, oh, maybe they're just gonna totally follow them to college and have different. Which does not seem to work because I don't think that's ever really worked on a show. I mm-hmm. didn't like Dawson's Creek tried it, and it I I think they like ended after that year. Like any show, I think that's ever really tried to do the whole separate the cast, um, it just doesn't work. 
and I don't see it working on Glee, but who knows? Uh, my theory, I'm thinking they're all going to die and be guardian angels to the underclassmen. Oh, yes. There you There's, go. It's going to tie into community. Because you know how on Community they keep talking about the bus accident the Glee Club was in? <laughs> this is that the Glee Club. That was their bus. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be, so then they're going to be ghosts and they're all going to buddy up with like, you know, a junior or a sophomore. And it's going to be like a buddy system thing and they're all going to be ghosts. And it'll be kind of like the movie Heart and Souls. I never saw Heart and Souls. Oh, I think we've talked about that before. You need to see that. Is that the one with Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. Okay. I'll put Pretty it on my sure. list. We've talked about it before. I love that movie. Anyway. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the ghost season. I don't know about anybody right. else. The ghost okay. season. So we have the, uh, the first season, which was great, that we have the season that shall not be named, uh, this season, which has yet to be named, and the ghost yeah, season. Yeah, we're not sure where, where where the naming of this season goes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, so the Glee Christmas episode. Okay. Um, Christmas album, whichever you want to call it. Yeah, basically. Extraordinary Merry Christmas. Uh, directed by... Our, our very own Matthew Morrison. Our very own Matthew Morrison making his Glee directorial debut. Uh, and written by... The one and only Marty Noxon. Yes. And now our listeners probably know who Marty Noxon is, but if you don't, she was a writer on Buffy and then became kind of the default showrunner season six and seven. Yep. And she's wonderful. She's wonderful. Except you don't think she was wonderful this episode. <laughs> All right, let's let's get this out of the way. Okay. If you follow us on Twitter, if you go to the forums, you already know that we clearly disagree on this episode. Yeah. Emily has serious problems with it. I look at it as a standalone Christmas episode and don't really have many. I mean, it had its issues, but I, it was a standalone Christmas episode. It's not. I I, I don't argue that it was a standalone Christmas episode. It's not. I argue meant, that it was good. It's not meant to be like canon to the series and amazing and and a great compliment I to the rest of the season okay with that if only it were good all right well let's just start talking about it then okay do you, do you have a glee cap i do have a glee cap a, a very negative glee cap i'm sure <laughs> Ooh, this is gonna be a feisty episode <laughs> i got a beer when i finish this beer i'm gonna break the bottle and point it at the screen oh no yeah just wait for it all right, it's the most wonderful time of the year for some people in Lima, including Artie and his love of the Star Wars holiday special. To celebrate Life Day, Artie gets to direct a public access holiday special starring New Directions, thus welching on his promise to perform with his glee club at the homeless shelter of Ayasu. Rory and Sam aren't hip with the grinchiness, which explains why Rory essentially sabotages the whole equal opportunity holidayness with a reading from the Bible. Meanwhile, someone who only reads the first part of the Bible is getting a tad greedy when it comes to Hanukkah, uh, I mean Christmas, gifts from her gent. Obviously, it's Rachel who pressures Finn to buy her a private island filled with diamonds or something like that. Don't worry. Rory teaches everyone the true meaning of Christmas, Jesus, which somehow makes the Jewish Rachel understand and donate her own baubles to charity. Chewbacca was there. Puck fixed his hair. Sue gave some glares. And that's what you missed on Glee. So. So where do you want to start, Erica? You love this episode. You I don't love it. I didn't say I love it. I said I'm not. I'm not anywhere near as negative about it as you are in fairness i will say right off the bat um i just rewatched it now and i should i should actually explain how i rewatched it um i did what i was told you i was gonna do <laughs> i was really excited to try this i watched the episode what on my tv 
And on my computer, I had a workout video going. And so I was I was um, toning while watching Glee. So it was a little confusing at times because I started moving to the songs instead of the like beat of the workout video. And that really <laughs> confused me. Um, so hopefully that didn't affect my viewing of it. Although it might have softened it for me. It didn't, I didn't hate it as much the second time around. Okay. Okay. That's so, good. Do you want to start with the little character things? Because there was like two small storylines in the episode, I guess. Um, yeah, you want to talk about Rachel? Let's talk about Rachel. I mean, clearly Rachel's selfish. Um, she's had <laughs> numerous corrections to her personality throughout the past three seasons, and they don't seem to stick. But I think she was just a scapegoat for this episode. They needed someone to be selfish and to not know the, the true meaning of Christmas. I'm using air quotes there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she was, she Which was is Jesus, the, right? Yeah. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. She was. She doesn't know it. She's Jewish. Exactly. She was just the easy choice. Um, oh no, my TV came on. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh no, it came on again. Stop. Stop, oh, stop talking. Oh, Wife swap. Stop talking. Okay, I'll just turn it off. There we go. So okay. now the the problem with this episode, I think one of problems the episode is that as soon as you start. Thinking about it a little more in depth, it becomes really infuriating. Like, like I'm kind of joking about, oh, Rachel being Jewish, but Christmas, blah, blah, blah. But the more you think about it, you have the character of Rachel being an absolute cunt this episode because she wants Finn to buy her five really expensive gifts. Okay, which is just an unlikable thing to do to a character, especially when this entire season they, they can't do anything right with Rachel. They just keep making her cuntier and cuntier every episode. So then you have the Christmas episode where you start with this and it's, yeah, sure. It's not the worst storyline to have her want a gift from her boyfriend, but essentially like I'm joking about it, but it's absolutely true. Rachel doesn't understand the true meaning of Christmas. Rory reads the the Bible passage about Jesus and she gets it. Right. Right. There, and I'm trying to say that it's, that I'm overthinking it, but really no, it's when he reads that the next scene is when she's like, Finn, it's okay. I'm. I want the pig. Blah blah blah. No, it's not the next scene. It's after they go to the homeless shelter. Right. So it's not necessarily. It's. It's. You're. You're jumping one ahead. It's okay. Fair the enough. Bible passage that makes them say, "Oh, we sh- like we're done early. Let's go help at the homeless shelter." And it's seeing everyone who's Which homeless. Isn't even that nice a thing to do. Right. But, not like they're like, "Oh yeah, but, we came here right out." It's like, no, yeah, we finished early, so we figured we'd kill the rest of the hour. Yeah, but still, they they brought the food. They realized, you know, Rory made them see, oh, this isn't what we should be doing. We should have been giving. We brought the food. We're going to help you. And then it's seeing all the homeless people that makes her say, you know what? There's people that need more than than I need a pair of diamond earrings. Let's go donate this money to the Salvation Army. Yeah, but they're in Africa. No, they're... (laughs) What? Who's in Africa? They saw the song. That's just a song they were singing. That's the other thing. You and Wayne are going on and on about the song, about the Africa song. It's just a Christmas song. They were just singing a Christmas song. And if anything, they were saying, the people in Africa have it worse than you homeless people. So you homeless people should be thankful for what you have. Right. So quit <laughs> complaining. Quit complaining, people who don't have beds, <laughs> who are getting, who, who get to sleep on dirty beds with hey. other people who are sleeping on dirty beds. Quit complaining. You could be an African. You could be in Africa and have no water except for your tears. But honestly, I don't even think that that's true. I was just being dramatic. But I think I honestly think they just picked a Christmas song. They were 
aren't the words like feed them? They were feeding homeless people. They picked the most literal Christmas song they could pick. Um, now I need to Google the words because I did this recently. Um, what's the name of that song again? Uh, do they know it's Christmas? Do they know it's Christmas lyrics? Because seriously, let's let's let me read out the lyrics to this. I did this. I'm, I was having this conversation with my brother when this was playing on the radio over Christmas and we were talking about it and I had to do this exact thing. I'm like, have you ever listened to the words to this? That's um, the no. thing. No one listens to the words to this song. They just picked a generic Christmas song that has a catchy tune. Ah, oh shit. Ah, what'd I do? Ah, I don't know. What'd you do? I, I played it. Wait, okay. Sorry. I Did couldn't you hear, hear that. No. Okay. I was, well, because I went on a website where they have the lyrics and it played started playing the song. Oh, it's not Feed period. Them. It's, okay. it's Feed the World. Um, so still, they're they're feeding people and they sing Feed the World. Woo. Okay, let's see. Um, but say a prayer for the other ones at Christmas time. It's hard when you're having fun. This world is under your window, and it's world of dread and fear. And there will be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift this gives you is your life. Um, okay, anyway. It's not a happy Christmas song, no. And we're, we totally jumped the gun, and we're talking about I know. music. It's, but it's a dramatic episode for us. A divisive episode, if you will. But anyway, it's my point with Rachel is that you skipped a step because it's not the Bible okay. passage that made Rachel say, I'm going to return my earrings and accept this sow pig. It's seeing that other people have less than her. Did she say that? No, but it's, it's oh, implied. So but it's implied by the fact that they went from the homeless shelter to go return her earrings. Well, because that would have been tacky if they did it, like, after the special. Yes. Okay. Well, listeners, you see where we stand on opposing ends of this. <laughs> You're still holding on to the Jesus thing? I, yes, I am. Yeah, because that didn't it, happen that way. <laughs> it is, but it's such an easy thing. And now, okay. Now, I am not religious. I understand that Christmas is obviously a religious holiday, but it's not for a lot of people. I celebrate Christmas... All, I go all out for it, and it's, you know, I, I respect somebody celebrating for Jesus. That's fine. You know, I do it differently. But it's the, like, Charlie Brown, it's, it, they, they, essentially, they also stole from Charlie Brown, okay? Where it's, okay, to teach you the true meaning of Christmas, of Christmas, not of the holidays, which Artie was very big on it being like, okay, we're doing this holiday thing, and that's why we're reading Frosty, and blah, 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 blah. And then it ends with, you know, a passage from the Bible which is then all it takes for everybody to know what the true meaning of Christmas is. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe I'm too far on the non Jesus Christmas thing. Um, but I do think it's kind of a kick in the, but Christmas can like, we did, did we need the story of Jesus to get us to that point of let's go hope the help the homeless now. Which is fine. I mean, clearly, I'm I'm not the biggest. I'm not like woo Jesus like at all. I got no problem with the man. He was a good guy. I don't know, but it it clearly didn't bother me as much Mm -hmm. as you. Like because it's a story. I think I think I think maybe that's what it is. I I don't know. Not that you don't view it as a story, but it's a story to me and like a fairy tale. And like he read them a story, a fairy tale, and they were like, oh yeah, like we should be better than this, and let's go help those people. Like. I, I don't know. It, I guess to me, I it wasn't like, 
Jesus did this, so let's go do this. I see your point. I do see see your point. Especially because we have it well established within the Glee Club that Kurt is an atheist and and, uh, Rachel's Jewish and Puck is Jewish. So why did that story make Kurt say, let's go to the homeless shelter? What in that story makes him say, oh yeah, that's what Christmas is about? It's a story about Christ being born and people giving him gifts. It's not a story about giving to the poor or helping the needy or the gift of the Magi, it, you know? I don't know. Maybe the I gift think of that's the Magi, so maybe, maybe the gift of the Magi was too long for, for Glee <laughs> to read. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, maybe, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's kind of my issue with it is I don't see what, if somebody, if I was being a bitch come Christmas time and somebody was like, Emily, come on, remember what Christmas is about. And I'm like, all right, fine. What is it? And they're like, and they open up a book and they start reading about Christ being born in the manger and people coming to visit him. I wouldn't say you're right. That's it. All right. But what if it what if it was a story about this guy, George, who was born in a manger and people brought him gifts and then he did all this really great stuff for people. And you now you honored him on George Day. What if it was like a made up fairy tale like that? Wouldn't you be like, oh, George did good things around his around his birthday. Let me do something good in like in the same fashion. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I We're both feeding too much into that part it. Of it. Like, or is, I don't know. No, I, but I think just the sense. Just, just no. But they all already know the story. So they only needed a little bit to be like, oh, that's right. That's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think, I think you're taking the passage too literally. Maybe. But I wish I didn't have to, because I wish the story was about all the great things he did rather than about him being born. I can't disagree with that. Okay. But I think that I think that's not a crazy leap for them t- for you to expect the kids to make. Because everybody mm-hmm. does know this, those stories regardless of what religion you are, at least in the United States. Sure. Because okay. you know, there are two Jewish kids amongst how many kids that are of Christian faith in that school. Mm-hmm. It just in the glee club itself. So you're going to you're going to know those okay. like, those stories. Fair enough. And I don't know. I it's fair enough. It also, I mean, it also feels easy. It's you know, like I said, it feels like Charlie Brown did it, right? So I, but you know, I, again, to me, he could have read like an Aesop's fable, and I would have been like, oh, look, now they want to go help right. people. Like he, exactly. he could have read anything. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not focusing on the Jesus part of it. I'm just focusing mm-hmm. on the part where he taught them a lesson from a fairy mm-hmm. tale, and they were like, all right, let's go, let's go feed the homeless. We're done anyway. We'll bring them food. <laughs> that you know was a prop yeah and frosty the snowman wouldn't have taught them we don't know well we don't know what Artie's big reboot was of it. well we don't no but yeah so we can agree to disagree but i okay yeah that's where i that's where i stand on that <laughs> you i know you i think we, we both have one person on our sides feedback wise so that yeah, we do <laughs> and then we have one email about sectional so yes yes which is always 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 welcome um, okay, so that was uh, Rachel. That was Rachel. Then there was kind of Sam uh, and kind of buddied up with Rory. I hate the name Rory. It's so hard to say. Because Rory can't go home for Christmas. Did you see his locker? Everyone in the, every one of those pictures was a redhead, which I thought was great. <laughs> it's really cute. His brother, Seamus. <laughs> like, can you be any more Irish? Irish. Um, I was going to go racist, but, you know, <laughs> in reference same, to, to the same prop difference. Dressers. All Irish people are racist, really. No, the prop dressers. Oh, 
yeah. picking only redheads. Um, anyway, because clearly Irish people are not all redheaded. He has brown hair. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. This was, like, I think hardly a plot point. Yeah, no. They're friends now. Yeah, and, and I always like when Glee makes friends of its students. If that I know that sounds like an odd thing to say, but like you know, we always go back to the Puck and Finn relationship. How it's like it's nice to see a male friendship on a TV show because you, you don't see it that much. And so you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of like you know Sam kind of taking Rory under his wing. I thought I like the gesture, I guess, of it. Yeah. Um, and they're both away from their families, even yeah, though Sam so makes like an hour so. away. Yep. Um, so that's that. Yeah. And um, then we have the whole Sue homeless shelter. Yeah. Which was fine and believable for Sue. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, she, she wants to forget that she's alone this Christmas, so she'll help other people. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about the Christmas special, which I fucking loved? Okay. I think this is why I'm sticking up for this episode okay. because I loved everything about that Christmas special in quotes. Okay. Please. It, it, you go. The whole black and white section where it was like Blaine and Kurt in their bachelor chalet that like it made me extremely happy. Just the way they were acting and his Christmas roommate. Yes, his his holiday roommate. Holiday roommate. Um best friend and holiday roommate, Blaine Anderson. And just the way they were acting and how it was like so throwback. I mean Artie mentions the Judy Garland Christmas special mm-hmm. and it was just such an innocent time that they were reenacting and just the whole thing made me smile all the performances I thought were we'll get to them they were a lot of fun um I loved it and I thought that I enjoyed the Star Wars stick-ins I thought they were kind of funny and I've never been more turned on than Puck by than when he was dressed as Han Solo (laughs) and his hair finally finally looked well he put it up yeah he spiked it Right, right. It he didn't get good. a haircut or anything. No, but it didn't have that, like, crazed Hitler thing he going. Didn't, he's just been lazy in the morning. He hasn't wanted to do his hair. Yeah, fair enough. What were your feelings on the black and white portion of it? Okay, so I believe I made a note somewhere along here that I wish, and I still kind of do, that the episode had nothing else going on but the Christmas. Like, I wish that instead of... You know, halfway through the episode, them doing the it's the New Directions Christmas special. I wish it began that way. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the Buffy musical, like that. It just started. Bam. The entire hour is the Christmas special. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. I would have been fine with that. That's essentially what the episode was, if you really think about it. Because, I mean, clearly more than anything, this episode was made so that they can put out a separate CD of Glee's Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they could have had even more of them if they just done the whole thing as a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the episode start. then the Christmas special part started. And I know I loved, we'll get to the song, but I loved Blaine and Kurt in it also. Like, especially their first song together in their intro. I'm like, okay, I'm in it. Yes, this is how you do it. Whole episode should be like this. And then it just kept going. And it, I liked it better the second time around. I will say that. But the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, I see what they're trying to do. But Matthew Morrison, it ain't working. And okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you exactly what the problem is because I did have one problem with it. And I was okay. going to save it. I was going to save it to the low notes. But I'll just open it Go up now. Um, fucking Mercedes had no fucking clue what she was supposed to be doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. M- Rachel and Kurt and Blaine. Yeah. I, I should really use their the actors' names, you know. 
whatever Darren Chris and and, and Chris Colfer and Leah Michelle they all mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were and imitating how and how to play it and poor Amber Riley had no idea what she was supposed to be you doing. You know, I think that's a good point because I think as a result, I think it threw everything off. Yeah, because, because it made it really to me because I thought I'm like this is uncomfortable to watch. Like I feel like Leah Michelle is like trying so hard and it's not working. And I don't really blame her. I kind of blame Matthew Morrison for it. And I still do now. And I think that's a great point. I wouldn't have felt that way if everybody was like blazing on it. Chris Colfer and and Darren Chris were both, I think they were on Rachel's level with it. Rachel was ramping it up a little bit more. But I think as a male character. Rachel to have done anyway. Yeah. It's fitting for Rachel's character and it's fitting for a female character in that type of special, I think. Right. Especially if she is channeling Judy Garland. Right. And had Amber Riley not been so flat next to her and just had no clue what she was doing or what was going on. Couldn't they show her something? Like, I'm sure there's Christmas specials laying around from that time period. Like, from the 50s and 60s. Wasn't there something to show her to be like, this is what you're supposed to be Right. This is, you know, try to go for this. Think of, you know... That, yeah. I think I think you nailed it. I think that is actually That's, no. I know it is because yeah. it drove me crazy. <laughs> I know you nailed it. <laughs> I, I know I nailed it too. <laughs> well, because it's funny because the first time I just hated it. The first time I watched it, I really was like, uh, I still have twenty minutes left of the episode, and it's all going to be like this. And I was really like, I think you can see my low notes. Um, a was, yeah. <laughs> so I totally, this is literally what I wrote. So I totally wish they'd just done the show as a complete Christmas special. My low note, next point. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah. And if they had just, um, cause it, like I found it, I was okay with it again. Once Amber Riley had nothing to do, once they brought him Puck and Finn. And even though they didn't get it either, yeah, they were I, dressed as Star Wars character or, you know, in the like, any likeness is, is not intentional. Um, and they were kind of like doing their own thing within that. And they sang a rock song. And I was like, I, I was okay with that. And then the Cheerios did an 80s number. And I was okay with that. Because that kind of like brought different decades mm-hmm. into this awkward special thing. Yeah. Um, like I was fine with that. And ha- had they just left Amber Riley out of that beginning <laughs> portion. And what just, the fuck? Because they're like featuring Mercedes. But what up? Mookie, stop clicking yourself. because she was awful that's why she was featured um see i i do disagree i did not like puck and finn in it and well there's two there's two things though because on one hand i don't think i uh like i think puck and finn acted or rather um cory monteith and um uh, <laughs> Mark Sailing. Mark Sailing. I think they 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 acted as their characters would in that setting because they wouldn't have because the they wouldn't know what to do. But at the same time, like, okay, I am a fan of the Star Wars Holiday Special. I do watch it every year. Um, I know how bad it is. I know what a joke it is. I don't think the sh- the Glee Christmas Special. I, don't, I guess they were going for the whole, if you knew this existed but never watched it, oh, we're driving at it. So maybe, like, casual fans will find it amusing. But I just felt like it's like, oh, no, we're, we're, we're holding lightsabers. I hated it. That aspect pissed me off. No, because, I don't see. I don't agree. I, know, I think I that, agree on that. But I, I disagree with your what you think the intention was behind it. 
because I don't think Artie's intention was to be like, I'm going to recreate this magical, <laughs> this Star Wars special that I find magical. I think he was just like, people like Star Wars, I want it in my so holiday special. Yeah. Like, I think that was the point. I don't think they were supposed to be referencing it or acting like it or acting as if they were in it. I think it was just... It was just Artie... Artie being like, Artie's people good. like this. So I'm good. And I like this. So I'm <laughs> gonna, I don't care if they're... If it doesn't belong, I'm putting it in my special. Okay. I don't know. We just... We're, yeah. No, I can... I, it, I can see your point there. Um, I think it's a good point. It, it just, for me, the viewer... That means I have to watch a really lame joke about something that I'm really, I know that much funnier jokes have been made of, I guess, if that makes sense. Right, but you're also, A, a Star Wars fan, and B, a fan of the original special, so you have reference points. Right. I'm a Star Wars fan, but I've never actually watched the special. I don't have that well, reference Well, I know what point. we're doing next Christmas. Oh, I know. You actually, you gave me a copy, and I don't know what I did with it. Oh, my. Um, it's on my I'll burn it for you yeah, again. Please do. It's, um, it, folks, if you haven't watched it, it really <laughs> has to be seen to be believed. But so like, and I feel like most people, even if you are a Star Wars fan, don't have that reference port, 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 sure. the point because it's hard to come by. So the, I don't think they were trying to reference it exactly. I think they yeah. were just, it was just already being dorky. Maybe. Because I, I also feel like Lee has so many young fans. I feel like they don't even know what the fuck Star Wars is right. at this point. I know, but, and, and, released. and in general, that's my issue with Glee is that it has such a scattered audience that they've, you know, they, they write less for me than they do for the 16 year olds who watch it. But no, I mean, I, I think it's funny how we're disagreeing on this episode and I completely see your point of view. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I think you're wrong. It's just that for me, the viewer, it doesn't mean I enjoyed it anymore. I get that. I mean, yeah. I, under, I understand. Again, I like you just said, I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I just think, I don't know. I guess we see. Glee's, you and I would be great in group therapy. I guess we see Glee's characters. In we could totally show life. other people how to speak to each other. Yes, we could. We're having a very civil. I expect <laughs> us to be yelling. I was like, oh, man, my dad's going to think I'm having a fight with someone on the <laughs> phone. No, we're actually having Good. a very civil conversation. I'm not cursing yes. at you. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. thought it was silly. But I loved the whole setting. I loved that it was in black and white. I loved their outfits. I loved I loved Rachel's line where she was like, it's a bow tie with Christmas trees. Like, she <laughs> she was just so ridiculous. And yeah, I she, went, she went for it. Yeah. She did, she totally did go for it. It worked for me. Had, okay. had Amber Riley not been a bump on a log next to her. Yeah, I, excellent point. Um, I, I don't know about Matthew Morrison's direction. It might have been a problem. You, yeah. I I didn't know that he directed it the first time around. The second time I watched it is when I saw the when I saw it at the bottom and okay. I was like, oh. And then I was like, maybe that was the problem. Because I knew you had issue with it. Yeah. Even though I didn't really. And I was like, maybe that was the problem. Um, and there's one shot that to me said, oh, yeah, Michael. <laughs> I mean, Matthew Morrison shouldn't be directing. And it's when Rachel's like something to sparkle on my ear and he like or she's like my earlobes are my ears feel feel a little naked and he like zooms in shaky cam on <laughs> earlobe and i was like oh matthew morrison that, but that's amazing <laughs> i was like yeah oh, matthew and I, I 
thought the entire special, considering it was filmed in black and white, and I agree, it looked gorgeous. Like, yeah. I, I don't know where that $800 went, but Artie, <laughs> can you, like, design my apartment if you can make $800 go that far? Um, I like, think- it looks so good, but the camera, like, I thought the same thing with the camera, that it, like, once they were inside when it was the four of them, it just kind of moved around and, like, I had, like, long shots, and I just thought the camera work was really ugly, considering how beautiful it should have looked. But I feel like that's also on par with the type of special they were doing. Was there really that much... Is there really that much to do with a camera in in one room, in one three-wall mm-hmm. room? You know, think about think about sitcoms. Think about, like... Yeah, room, yeah, fair enough. Think about any any home improvement. Any three-wall sitcom. Right, where you've got the multi-camera. yeah. There's nothing to do within those walls. I don't necessarily blame him for that. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, we had <laughs> we when we were watching it because I I watched it with Michael and Mike and Lauren. Um, we we're like where we were like whose house do we think that is? We just think it's one of the characters' parents' houses. I think it's Rachel's gay dad's houses. It seems like it could house. be her gay dad's. I mean, it was gorgeously decorated. Yeah, is and that fireplace? Huh. Yes. Although there was that like awkward seating area up the stairs. That was a little weird, but. I, it had a very 70s feel, which jived with the basement that we saw in Rachel, totally. in the Rachel and, drinking episode. And her outfit. Yes, exactly. That's why it made me think it was her house. It makes sense. So, yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about the songs? Let's talk about the songs. There's only 9,000 of them. Yeah. Um, so we Thanks. open with All I Want for Christmas is You in the choir room, originally sung by Mariah Carey, sung now by Mercedes Jones with the new directions. And some random lines taken out. Yeah? That threw me off. Well, because in the, you know how the opening verse is very slow and it's like, um, I don't know. Yeah. But she sings it slow. Yeah. There was like one line that wasn't there. And it was, yeah. I really Um, like that song and I didn't notice that. It's shorter. I can't think of it right now. But it felt, I mean, maybe I'm crazy and maybe it's a line that's like just not in that intro. But it felt like in the slow part that there was just one line that was taken out of the song. And it, like, just threw off my equilibrium. Because I've heard this song a thousand times because it's on the radio every day in December. But maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I was working out. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you started listening to the workout video when that line came on. It's possible. No, I don't know. I didn't notice. I'll listen to it again. Okay. Um, But I did like this. It was a fun, you know, last year, I think, I can't remember if they started. Well, they started off the episode with a similar, like, just everybody's singing Christmas song. And I, I like when they do that for mm-hmm. it's appropriate for the Christmas episode. And, you know, Mercedes was, was it's fitting for her voice and the setting was fun. Everybody was dancing with Garland. It was cute. I liked it. Yep. It was good times. Yeah. Um, so then the one and only Rory Flanagan sings blue Christmas originally sung by Elvis Presley for his family who will not be visiting. Yeah. Eh. Why, why was Kurt so bewildered by the entire performance? I didn't notice that. Well, because Roy was like to, he was like, I want to dedicate this to my family and the king. And Kurt is like, he's like the king. Does he say the king or is he like Jesus? No, I think he just says like, I don't remember exactly what he says. But There were actually a lot of moments in this episode where a character like said and had an aside or said something under their breath where I have no fucking idea what they said. I, um, I, I feel that like was you're. One. That was totally one. I forget. I forget what he said. Whatever he said was, I could hear it. I understood what he said. I just forget what he said. But I, th- he was. He thought that Rory was referring to Jesus, but he wasn't. Uh, he was referring to Elvis Presley. Right. right and right. then, and then Kurt looked bewildered the entire rest of the song. 
Huh. I didn't know. I don't that. know why. <laughs> I think Kurt is just bewildered by Rory in general. Maybe. I did like the um like there was kind of like a shot of Santana looking like a little like subtly sad. Yeah. And I like that because it was kind of referencing the fact that like it was right on a line where it's like, you know, we're not going to be with each other this Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And you do have to think, well, this is a week after her grandmother has essentially disowned her and yep. things to her. So I, I like that kind of, it did, you know, it, you didn't have to know that it meant anything, but it was a nice little shot that, you know, made me think like, oh yeah, Santana. Yep. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say yeah. about it. Then um, Rachel sings River by Joni okay. Mitchell. I like this one. I thought it was a really good Leah Michelle performance. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the song, but it was definitely a Joni Mitchell song. Yeah, oh God, very good. <laughs> um, and it was very callback to uh, Rachel on the stage with her blue Christmas trees and it's snowing uh-huh, from yeah. the last episode. <laughs> last yeah, episode. where now... I don't think it's cheap to have fake snow blowing during a rehearsal. Well, c- clearly they still have it from last year. I guess so. But I thought this one was very pretty. I liked, um, I, this was a high point. I just liked Rachel's wardrobe this whole episode. She had a lot of cute little Christmas dresses. I liked everyone's wardrobe because everybody coordinated the entire episode. Yeah, it was very carefully planned this episode. <laughs> uh, but she had like, literally every scene, she had a different like holiday dress. And this one, mm-hmm. she had the green one, which was very, like just pretty. And I just thought like, this was just a really nice song. Like I would listen to this one, I think, like on my iPod randomly. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't like slow songs, but it was beautifully <laughs> sung. Okay. Um, it, it, I, I agreed with Artie a little bit. It was a little sad sacky. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but that's Joni Mitchell. Yeah. That's why I appreciate what she does and don't really listen. Um, so then we had Extraordinarily Mary... Christmas, which was an original composition sung by Blaine Anderson and Rachel Berry. Was it really an original song? Yes, it was. Really? Yep. I thought I'd heard it before, but it's probably because I've, I think I've heard the Glee CD played in every store <laughs> I've walked into. Yeah, it played a lot this December. season. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Wikipedia. It says original composition. Oh, wow. That's impressive. I don't no, know. I, it's not a bad Christmas song. Yeah, no, it was fine. It was, I mean, it sounded like other modern Christmas songs. It was fine. I liked it. Um, I, I mean, I like when Blaine and Rachel sing together because they're both great. Yep. And this, you know, again, Rachel had a really cute dress on. <laughs> it was the one with the snowflakes. It was her Hanukkah like dress. Her Hanukkah dress. Yes. I like the Hanukkah dress. Um, this one was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we get into the, I mean, there's not much to say about the music this episode. There's so many of them are just like Christmas very, music. yeah, they're designed to be crowd pleasing songs that you can play at Target when somebody goes into shop. like, yep. And that's how most of them felt. Um, so now the next one, two, three, four are all um, Christmas episode, Christmas special within the Christmas special songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is Let It Snow, sung in the style of Ella Fitzgerald by Blaine Anderson and Kurt Hummel. Now this one was amazing. This was great. I loved this. It made me want to go back and watch Baby's Cold Outside. Yeah, I I hope that they do like make it um a tradition of like every Christmas Blaine and Kurt have to have a duet. Yes, I do hope so. Yeah, because this I mean to me the songs of this episode were all okay, but this one to me was wonderful and could potentially fall on my list later on in the year. The dancing was adorable. The, was. Their voices were cute. They were having so much fun. 
this I was this dancing that Kurt could actually kind of pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, this episode also made me realize how repetitive Christmas songs are. Uh, we're going to get to that. Because the song went on song. for 20 minutes, as but did the next song. Go on for a long time. Well, um, the thing about my favorite things, which, I mean, it was never meant, like, it has oddly become a Christmas song. I don't know when that happened. It makes sense, because it's about things. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's from The Sound of Music, and it's not played during Christmas in that movie. But the thing about my favorite things is... It's the same verse. Yep. What the fuck? And you could only do so much with four people singing. Everyone gets one verse once. Right. Four people singing Raindrops and Roses and Whiskers and Kittens. Okay, now somebody else gets to sing Raindrops and Roses and Whiskers and Kittens. But I I don't know that I've ever realized it literally, it's like two verses. Mm -hmm. And then the same two verses. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you not cut it? Why would you not do a different song? Why because would you... everyone had to have a chance to sing. But didn't they have it and then they all just did it again? It They all did it again, but they all sang different parts. Like, why? Why did they need to sing different parts? Because you wouldn't have had uh, Mercedes murdering bright copper kettles if you didn't. Possibly. That's a good point. <laughs> it was the worst. Um, <laughs> on a side note, Yankee Candle recently did a line of my favorite things candles, and it is quite possibly the best line of candles I've ever smelled in my entire life. Hey, what do whiskers and kittens smell like? That's weird. Um, I, don't, I don't remember. Smell, when I smell their breath, it's not a candle I want. But I have warm woolen mittens, and it is wonderful. What does warm woolen mittens smell like? Um, it's, well... One thing I've learned about myself in buying um, Yankee Candles, they actually, like, they actually brand them with what type of scent they are. Um, okay. There's, like, floral or there's, like, food. They don't call it food, but, th- like... Culinary. Yeah. They, like... Yeah. And you could buy me any candle that says fresh on it, and I'll love it, and it's a uh-huh. fresh scent. So, it's, like, have you, you've smelled, like... Um, uh, Midnight Oasis is one of my favorites, and uh, Midsummer's Night is the like that black candle. It smells like men's cologne. Oh, okay. Or um, like clean linen or fre- okay. Like yeah, I, I like those fluffy those towels. I have yeah, to. those like are that. all fresh ones, and they're my favorite thing in the whole world. And that warm woolen mittens is is a fresh scent, uh, and it basically sounds like smells like um, I don't know. I can't even think of what to compare it to. I don't know. It just smells cozy. It just makes me happy. What about brown paper bags? Does it smell like I don't brown think paper they, bags? They didn't make all of them. Wait, so what do they have? If they don't have whiskers there was, and kittens and they don't um, have brown paper bags. There there was raindrops on roses. There was crisp apple strudel. All right, that's easy. Um, uh, snowflakes that on my nose and eyelashes. Snowflakes. Did they? I'm trying to think. Um, they, I'm Googling it. Yankee Candle. Favorite things. They had, definitely had Bright Copper Kettle, which was another fresh scent. Like, it was just like a coppery, I don't know. Really? Like, I smell a penny. Pennies don't smell good. No, but, I mean, obviously they make it better. Oh, you'd hope. My problem with Yankee Candle is I can't walk into a store because I walk in and I want to vomit because it, all of those smells coming at you. Blah. Oh, I don't um, have a problem with the story. They usually have one candle burning, and that's the candle you smell. But eh, everybody's walking around sniffing things. Everything's open. Yeah, I, the last time I was in a Yankee Candle, I thought I was going to be sick. 
Okay, here's the ones they have. They have blue satin sashes, which is uh, lavender and rosemary with notes of citrus, jasmine, and soft woods. How many uh, of those things are blue? Shush. Raindrop. Stop rooting my excitement over my favorite things. Raindrops on roses, which obviously is rose petals showered with dew. Uh, moon on their wings. Uh, the <laughs> A tranquil blend of bergamot, pepper, calorie sage, and a touch of cedar. Uh, crisp apple strudel, self-explanatory. Warm woolen mittens is a cozy scent. See, cozy, that's what I said. With notes of lemon, apple, lily, and musk. And bright copper kettles uh, is cinnamon bark, clove buds, allspice, and nutmeg. Oh, it actually smells good. It sounds good. Yeah. They're, so those are all the ones they have, and they're awesome, and everybody should go pick them up. Although I think they're sold out at a lot of locations. And this episode of Play Class has been brought to you by Yankee Candle. By Yankee Candle. Candle. Um, anyway, that, I don't know. I really like that line of candles. I just wanted to bring it up. Okay. I like the line of candles better than I like that song. Yes. Okay. If Mercedes was in it, I would have been better with it. But it was fun. This was the next one was probably my favorite performance because it was a good song. Santa Claus is coming to town by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, sung by Finn Hudson and Noah Puckerman. It was cute. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fine. I like when Puck gets to rock out. Yeah, as dressed as Han Solo. <laughs> I have almost nothing to say about it. It was fine. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, then there was Christmas wrapping, which is by the waitresses, oh, which is that. Yes, it's that it uh, and you I you have a note that you have an, a note auto-tuned. It was do you not know the original song? I guess I've heard the original That's song. That's exactly what the original song sounds okay. like. Okay. I mean, obviously it was going to be auto-tuned cuz Britney's singing yeah. and Britney's always auto-tuned, but well, it just felt like uh, just overly so where it felt like but, I Listen to the original song. That's it's an '80s Christmas song. Like that's that's what it sounded like when it came out. Another one I liked much more upon second viewing. It was fun. It was, Except, it was fun. The dancing was fun. I I'm always a fan of rhythmic gymnastics. So yeah, well, you bring in a ribbon, ribbon. I'm watching. Ribbon dancing's the best ever. Yeah. The only problem they made is they put Tina next to Britney again. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, and at some at one point, Britney's like watching Tina to make sure she gets the <laughs> I was like, oh, um, so that was fine. Uh, and then your your favorite song, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid, sung by the New Directions. And as my note says, yes, I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> they do. They weren't singing about the homeless people. They were singing about the people in Africa. Oh, right. So, <laughs> so it wasn't even appropriate. Yep. We addressed it already. So. We did. We did. We'll move on to high notes. Yeah. Um, high notes. My high note is the same. But I mean, my, like my a lot of them. My one, my one big high note is just the Christmas special in general. But okay. um, my one other high note that I made note of is your first one. Oh, because it was so great. Oh, it was so good. When Sue call, re, you know, calls everybody by their nicknames when they're in the office. Because first she doesn't have one for Blaine. She calls him other other gay. gay. And then she runs through again. And what? Well, the first round is wheels, porcelain, and other gay. And then the second round, I can't remember Artie's. I know it Kurt's. Was, Kurt's was Gelf, Gelfling. Gelfling, right? yeah. I can't remember what she called Artie. Right and then I, she calls Blaine Young Burt Reynolds, <laughs> to which Blaine is obviously thrilled. Because the the way his face lit up, it was this like moment of did she. She did. <laughs> it was like his eyes got it, and then his whole face did. And it was so cute. It was great. 
It's adorable. Um, another one of my high notes is the acknowledgement of what happened, of what became those famed magic legs yes. that Artie got last year, which is that they broke the next day. Poor Artie. Explains poor, a lot. Poor beast. She spent so much money on them. Well, hopefully there was a warranty. Hopefully that she got her cash back. Cause come hopefully. on. Um, the, we had, <laughs> I liked how angry Puck got when they found out that the Yule log was not going to be shown on TV. Well, he's probably grown up without a fireplace, and that's right. probably a family Hanukkah tradition for him. But, like, what did he say? He's like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> he was so pissed off about it, and I thought that was really cute. It was. Um, I like that the introduction for the Christmas special, and I like that it began with, um, you know, long ago in a chalet. Chalet. Oh, okay. uh, and I like that it was brought to you by Breadsticks. Of course it was. But then I really wanted a Breadsticks commercial. <laughs> Which they totally could have done, because later when Blaine's like, and now we're for our sponsors, yeah. they could have had, like, that fake first commercial for Breadstick, and that would have been amazing. It would have. And you're, uh, oh, your last um, one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I also liked that in the introduction for um, the Christmas special, they, when they introduce everybody and they get to, Mike Chang and Tina, Co- Tina Cohen Chang, no relation. <laughs> Just because I'm, we didn't really see them in the Christmas special do anything special, but I like to think that, you know, that was made in case... In case they kissed or something. Yes, exactly. Although it would have been fitting if if it was Star Wars. True. Um, Low notes. I I, I mentioned my only low note. It was just Mercedes. Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes. Yeah, and I like I said, now that you've kind of nailed what it was, I will agree. Yeah, she really, uh, she brought that whole thing down. I would have rather Rachel had just shown up by herself. Yeah. Or, I mean, Rachel and... No. Actually, I don't know. By yeah. No, because now that I'm saying, like, Rachel and Tina, but I don't know that, you know, we Tina haven't really have done it either. do anything that would lead me to believe she would have done well in that. So, yeah. Yeah, Rachel, the three, three of them are the only three that could have pulled that off. I agree. I do agree. All right, are we ready for feedback? We are. Okay. We got three bits of feedback. Where should we start? Uh, let's start with Helene's because it's my favorite. Uh-huh. Sure. Her, her title is Feedback for Extraordinarily... No, Extraordinary... I keep saying Extraordinarily. Extraordinary Merry Christmas. Dear Emily, read the Christmas episode. Erica is right. Love, Helene. Thank you, Helene. Hi, Helene. <laughs> well, I think I have... I think I've made you see the light. I I think Erica is right about a lot of things, but that doesn't make me like the episode. No, but you can understand it a little better. Yes, yes. Fair it's enough. not as bad as you thought it was. Okay, yes, yes. We'll go with that. Okay. All right, and now we've got a, a very impassioned email from the one and only Wayne Kotke. The <laughs> t- title of his email, Are There No Prisons? Are There No Workhouses? Are There No Show Choirs? <laughs> All right, Wayne got key rights, Holly and Ivy. My fellow pinkos, commie, oh, this is all in caps, by the way. My fellow pinkos, commies, and subversives, we must redouble our efforts in our war against Christmas if we are ever to impose our godless, secular, humanist agenda on the masses. Remember, it's for their own good. Our first target shall be the decadent Western television program, Glee, which continues to spread the insidious gospel of so-called Christmas cheer. Once we destroy the show, we can move on to phase two, and then nothing shall stand in our way. <laughs> okay, now not in caps anymore. No, I'm kidding, of course. I am actually a very sentimental person at heart and remain eminently susceptible to the Christmas spirit. 
All the more upsetting then that Glee's second attempt at a Christmas show, Extraordinary Merry Christmas, apart from about 15 minutes in the middle, which I'll get to, filled me with despair and NUI instead of good tidings. In the days since watching this episode, I've immersed myself in various versions of A Christmas Carol as a sort of tonic or antidote. I just discovered the production that Orson Welles did for the radio in the 1930s. Really worth checking out. Ooh, I'll do that next year. Each year, in fact, I revisit the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, along with those of the Grinch, Charlie Brown, and George Bailey. And each year, I find that time has not diminished their power over me. Although all of those stories, I think you will agree, are at least as sentimental and manipulative as the Glee episode. So why do those succeed on me while Glee failed so almost entirely? I've been pondering the issue, and I think the secret is that those other stories I mentioned are built around genuine conflict and feature characters who experience real palpable despair before being redeemed or before rediscovering the meaning of Christmas. Meanwhile, the Glee episodes seem to hinge upon a completely contrived and silly conflict, the TV special versus Sue's homeless benefit, and the characters just seem to be going through the motions of a plot without experiencing any real highs or lows. The closest they got to despair was storming off in a huff from a Glee club meeting, as Sam did, or staring thoughtfully out a window for a second or two, as did. The only actor in the Glee Ensemble who can really do pathos convincingly is Chris Golfer, and this really isn't a good time for a sad Kurt story. But at least sad Kurt is something I'd care about. Sad Sam and sad Rory? Meh. What else you got? <laughs> I don't think Wayne likes Sam very much. I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, now, of course, there is a second successful type of Christmas story, the kind that's purely fun. Miracle on 34th Street and a Christmas story are not tearjerkers, and yet they are effective and, and enjoyable, too. And fittingly, the few non-awful moments of this episode were the ones when the cast just had fun with it, sang some kitschy Christmas tunes, and got some zingers in. I was totally on Artie's side when he described his idea for an uber-cheerful TV holiday special. He wanted to banish depressing songs, and I think his instincts were dead on. In fact, I'd have been happier if Glee had dumped pretty much all the storylines this week and had this episode be a nonstop, lighthearted goof-a-thon about producing the TV special. I actually quite like the TV special and the way it was staged, and I think those scenes would have been... Could have been the seed for a better, more enjoyable episode. Imagine this. The first 75% would be a Waiting for Guffman-style mockumentary about the production of the special, and the last 25% would be the special itself. We'd see the egos and temper tantrum and technical setbacks with repeated reminders about the strict $800 budget, but then the special would turn out okay after all. It's a Christmas miracle. At the end, Artie and the PBS station manager would be watching with pride from the sidelines, mission accomplished. As a tag, the PBS guy would ask Artie how much they ultimately spent on the special, and Artie would casually answer back with some comically high amount. And on the PBS guy's stunned reaction, we fade out. Cue the new girl promo. <laughs> okay, maybe not the greatest or most meaningful episode ever, but it would have been a damn sight more fun than what they ended up running. And we never would have gotten the inexcusable do-they-know-it's-Christmas scene at the homeless shelter. Um, now, one thing I do want to say is I had really a similar thought, and we talked about this a few months ago, for the Glee 3D movie. Mm -hmm. Because it, they had the same chance to make it into, like, here's the performances and here's the actors in character backstage. Yep. Or here is the cast of Glee backstage. And they didn't do either. They did this weird mix where some actors were in character and some weren't. And as a result... It was a mess. And I think, you know, the same thing here. They could have committed to doing that. It would have been really fun, but they didn't. Yep. All right. Wayne continues. Anyway, some observations. During the opening number, there was a couple of shots of rehearsal room through the window, like someone was looking in from the outside. And I could not help but think it was like a serial killer POV shot from a horror movie. It was like a Voorhees cam. Huh. Or Wayne, perhaps a Black Christmas. Hmm. Speaking of the camera, the show has no rules about how it uses shaky cam. Every once in a while, you'll get a shaky cam scene for no good reason. 
Well, at least they finally acknowledge that Artie had robot legs and Jenna Ushkowitz got a line of the dialogue in the process. Two birds, one stone. I liked Sue calling Blaine young Burt Reynolds and also liked Blaine's pleased reaction. Sue had a few good lines in this scene and as usual, Jane Lynch played it both very well, both the comedy and suppressed heartbreak. I think we take Sue for granted sometimes or don't want to deal with her, but Jane still makes me care about her apparently schizophrenic character. I would agree. It's never yeah. Jane Lynch's fault. Nope. You know who doesn't make me, make me care? Rory. God, this kid. Trying to get between Brittany and Santana, sucking up to Finn, making Kurt jealous, whining endlessly about his boring mom, <laughs> and worst of all, doing the limpest, lamest version of Blue Christmas I've ever heard. I had to leave during this. Step up your game, leprechaun, because I'm losing patience. And learn to enunciate! As I said before, the Christmas special was my favorite part. I love the artificial staging of it, with everyone talking directly to the camera instead of each other. I also found out that Glee looks great in black and white, and Mad Men era fashions are very flattering to Leia Michelle. Loved Rachel's gloves. And oh, that gravity-defying fireplace. Kurt and Blaine made charming hosts. Who wouldn't want to go to that party? If you revisit this episode, fast forward to this part and study Amber Riley's performance during the special. She's really funny, especially the end times bit. She was so awful. Even the end time, like, I don't know. The first time I watched it, I didn't even get that she was trying to be funny. Like, it, it looked like a blooper yeah. to me. Like, she was like, she delivered her line, and then she was like, ha what a silly line, like, out of character. I, no, I don't agree. Yeah, I, I, Wayne, I agree with you on a lot of what you said. I disagree with you on that part. Even better, the TV special included my two favorite numbers from this episode. My favorite things? Oh, God. Really? God, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This, these tides are turning every which direction this week. You know what's funny? I didn't even have a big problem with it. You did. I just It's the same verses over and over again. Yeah. Why? <laughs> and even better, Heather Morris' exuberant version of Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. This is the second time Glee has done a waitress's song, and it more than makes up for what, what it, I felt was a botched version of I Know What Boys Like. Sorry, Lauren. Still love ya. And who brings down the mood of the special? Rory again. Lee quoted heavily from a Charlie Brown Christmas in two scenes. The other was Rachel's All I Want Is My Fair Share speech. That is very Lucy. I didn't even think about that. And the comparison does Glee no favors. I wondered what the Jewish and atheist members of New Directions, and they have both thought of Rory's little sermon. Clearly, Wayne, that they loved it, and it brought about the Christmas spirit in them, as you heard my argument. <coughs> the episode completely went to shit again after the special ended, when Finn revealed he had named a star after himself. I forgot about that. Yeah. I wanted to punch him in the face. And I'm sure by now, Emily has already ranted about the soup kitchen scene with Do They Know It's Christmas. We discussed this a bit on Twitter, and I'll reiterate and said what I said there. The only appropriate way to use that song is ironically. By the way, Glee Kids, yes, they know it's Christmas. They're poor, not stupid. They weren't singing about the homeless people. Well, then why sing that song? Because it's a catchy song. Oh, so is Sleigh Ride. I, I love Slate Ride. One of my favorite Christmas songs. Good they have saying that. I don't disagree. They could have sang that. That's my point. Is that it was. It, but because it's Glee, because they have to go for the obvious, they had to do Do They Know It's Christmas. Yeah, because that's what Glee does. Exactly. They did a lesbian episode and they sang I Kissed a Girl and I Like It. That's Glee. Deal with it. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Fair enough. I can't, I can't really argue that. <laughs> you, you, you can't. Cause You're right. I just hate it. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry for pointing Not out the obvious. For being truthful <laughs> and wise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all in all, this is a tough one for me to get through. 
it at least made me realize that I had been way too harsh at Hold On to 16, <laughs> which by comparison a ma- was a masterpiece. But the show has a month off to get its act together, and I think it's time to remember that there have been some very fine episodes in the first half of season three, including Asian F and I Am Unicorn. This was not one of them, though. Merrily yours, Wayne Katke. P.S. For this one episode, can you call... Oops. Merrily yours, Wayne Katke Ghost Protocol. <laughs> it was worth a shot, Wayne. I got it. It's too late. You can find more of him at d2rights.blogspot.com. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Wayne. <laughs> thank you. Fun. Very much, Wayne. <laughs> I, think, I think we addressed everything he addressed. I think we... I think so. <laughs> Both backwards and or and both earlier in the episode and now. I want to know what he has to say after listening to that. I do too. Wayne, I feel please. Like, yeah. He always takes to the forums and responds to us. So if you want to know what he says, go to palaver.com, P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Yeah. And um, I'm sure he's still going to disagree with me, but that's okay. He might. And I mean, I mean, like I said, now it seems like even I disagreed with a few things Wayne said, but... Um, crazy talk he's gonna accuse me of brainwashing <gasps> I haven't even seen you to brainwash you so I don't know that's true you have no but you know what though um, again Eric and I are Skyping yeah and we have picture you know on our Skype like Erica has a picture and it is just like her face so it is kind of like your eyes are, are trying to get through me it's a really old picture too I don't even know. it's like yeah it's old it's anyway you. thanks um, so we have one last email from James and his subject is and this doesn't refer to this episode this is last episode but he sent it only two days ago right so we last talked about yes um his subject is Santana was asking for it he says I'm sorry but when you have a big secret when you have a secret that big and you push someone that hard this is what happens I get I get that arguments and Oh, I get the arguments and agree with the sentiment that you should never, ever out someone. But God damn it, she was being a world-class bitch. It's basic politics, really. If you engage in mudslinging campaign, be prepared to have that mud slung back at you. It's not like she was ribbing him or just poking light fun. She was going at him hard, the him being Finn, and he returned fire. Santana is an awesome character, but I don't feel one second bad for her that Finn outed her. For all the shit she said, she deserved it. James. She deserved worse. James. Worse. Yes, she deserved worse. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that last week-ish, yeah. whatever that was. Um, and I do still think it's... I can see both sides of it. I don't yeah. really blame him for reacting that way, because I think if somebody said those things to me to in regards to whatever I might be sensitive about... You know, you almost can't be responsible for what you say at that point because somebody has just attacked every aspect of you. At the same time, as we talked about, outing someone is not is never know, an okay thing. Like, yeah, well, you have a fat ass. Like, no, that is uh, that is essentially making a life decision for them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough situation. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was an interesting way they handled it. Yeah, because they didn't really they didn't come down on either side ultimately. Yeah, which I mean is great when they do that. I think. Yeah. No. Um, so that's it. The holidays so are over. Yeah, the We're holidays. Well, the holidays are, I mean, the the December holidays are over, Erica. Yes. But those but, are like the, I mean, it's because it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Well, somebody has a lot of respect for Martin Luther King Jr., doesn't she? 
Oh, actually, I'm hanging out with Betsy and Jess that day, and we're watching. <laughs> oh, you're doing you're doing Black Movie Day, aren't I'm you? Black Movie oh, Damn it! <laughs> we used to do this in high school and and in college. Um, it's the friends. It's for friends of mine from high school who are, who are also Erica's friends now. And we used to do that Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We would get together and watch like. I believe we watched Sunset Park and Rappin' one year. Um, I work Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so whatever that says about my company. Call in sick and come Parody. to Long Island. I did that last week when I had the plague. I didn't go to Long Island. I just sat home and had the plague. Well, you need to call in sick with the plague and come <laughs> to Long Island and watch have Martin Luther King Black Movie Day. With you know that. what movies you're watching? Uh, no, I don't know. Just uh, had texted me. And just invited me. She was like, we watch things like how Stella got her groove back. And I was like, I'm in. That's right. We did watch that last time. I remember. That was like one of the first times I saw Tay Diggs' nakedness. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna see them for that. Because they had, I messaged them on Facebook and been like, um, I miss you guys. Let's <laughs> hang <laughs> out. And not only do you get to hang out, you get to have Black Movie Day with them. Yes, I do. I'm excited. Nice. Um... Yeah, uh, well, I mean, exciting things happen soon, is all I'm going to oh. say. Can I tell you, wait, I forget the you you talk while I look up what I want to say, because I forget the name of what it was. Okay, um, the exciting things I was talking about is January. January is one of those, like, dead months, but um, it does mean February comes, and then February, you know, you've got Groundhog Day, you've got Valentine's Day, um, President's Day, and I get old dick which is I dramatic. Get, oh, yes, you get old day. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is what I want to say. I need to look up the, the name of the movie. I was watching um, Wife Swap before because there's nothing really on t- television at 7 o'clock. So that's what I had on. And it's on Lifetime. And there is this really terrible commercial on for a film, a Lifetime original movie, that is on this Saturday, oh. the, uh, the 14th. Oh. And uh, it is called <laughs> Sexting in Suburbia. <gasps> And okay. I will be watching it. Um, and I will be recording it. Yeah, it's on regular Lifetime. It. It's not on that like fancy pantsy Lifetime movie channel, with, which had the Amish movie that I was really excited to watch, and I found out I didn't get. Um, I believe it, it's on regular Lifetime. The commercial was on regular Lifetime. So, um, yeah, Lifetime, lot- Saturday, January 18th at 8 p.m. And then it repeats at 12 a.m. and repeats again at 6 p.m. Record this episode. Recording. Um. Okay, this reporting has been successfully scheduled. If it is half as good as the pregnancy pact, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the um, synopsis? Yeah, yeah. Suburban mom Rachel feels pretty lucky. While other moms talk about their fights with their moody daughters, Rachel and Dina have a close relationship. Dina tells her everything. Or so Rachel thinks. When Dina suddenly commits suicide, Rachel is devastated and confused. Her search for answers as to what happened in her daughter's final days lead to her, leads her to some painful discoveries about the secrets that Dina was trying to keep and the bullying that was tearing her apart. Rachel's quest helps her understand the pain her daughter was forced to endure when a naked picture intended for her boyfriend goes viral. Oh, but no, when Rachel starts... Pictures, people. But when Rachel starts receiving anonymous threats during her investigation, <gasps> she realizes that there may be more going on than meets the eye. Who plays Rachel? Oh, I know. Let me open IMDb. Um, the on the commercial, my favorite part of it that co- totally caught the line in the commercial that caught my attention was, "You broke the the first rule of sexting: never oh. show your face." <laughs> and it was so funny. <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh man, I'm there. That, I uh, yeah, 
I didn't realize that was the first rule of sexting. I thought it was I, talk about sexting. I thought you just didn't do it. I, you know. Well, that too. Um, it's Lynn Vassy. She is. Oh, she was on CSI. She was on CSI. She was Wendy. Okay, I never watched it, but I think that's where I don't. I never knew her character's name, but I think that's where I know her from. Um, I'm looking to see what else she was in. Um, okay, that's exciting. The Law and Order SVU did an episode about naked pictures, not surprisingly. And it's actually an amazing episode because Swoozie Kurtz guest stars on it as a oh. corrupt judge. And she, Swoozie Kurtz is like a judge who just, anytime um, a minor is in her court, she ends up sending them to an Ohio juvenile facility for sex offenders. And then you find out she's accepting bribes. Uh, and it's a really funny episode because it's Swoozie Kurtz playing a corrupt judge. Um, yeah, this is, I definitely know her from CSI. I feel like you would know her if you saw her. Okay. You saw her face. Well, I'm going to see her this she Saturday, on, bitch. She was on one episode of Beverly Hills 90210. She was Mer- Marcy St. Clair. Uh, what is the episode title? The Pit and the Pendulum. Ooh. Gotta be about, um, the Peach Pit. In que- the, I'm, I'm assuming the pit in question is the Peach Pit. Uh, uh does it have a year? So. The name is familiar. Um, I bet as I see her face, I will know which episode she was on. It aired March 19th, 1992. It was season oh, so two. Fox, so it's season one or two. Season two, it's, episode 24. Okay. It's probably the episode where um, uh, uh, Brandon and Brenda's dad, uh, basically there's a company that's going to buy out the peach pit. To turn it into? To turn it into, I can't remember. I think it's like real estate of some sort. A new uh, shopping mall. I'm reading the new synopsis. Mall. Yeah. Synopsis. I'm right. I'm right. Yeah, I'm totally right. right. Yeah. Of course I am. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's the she's the um the daughter of the father who's going okay. to build the shopping mall. Oh, who Brandon kind of has a flirtation with? Yeah. Yeah, of course cuz every episode season 1 and 2 there would be like um a guest starring character and Brandon would have a relationship with. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's god my my 90210 skills are embarrassingly good. They are. Yeah. One day I will make money off of that. I do hope so. Watch me. Watch me. World coming for you. Um. So yeah. So there's that. That's exciting. So everybody Thank should you watch for that. Telling me about that. I hope everybody. No yeah. People. I knew you would appreciate it. Oh, uh, you know I will. We'll talk about that. I'm sure. Uh, and you know what else happens on Friday the 13th? What? Joyful noise comes out. Oh, it does. Yes. Does. We will not be seeing it this weekend unless Bill decides. Uh, Bill from outside the cinema decides to show it for his birthday that's party. That's exactly his birthday party is going to be. God, I hope it is. Um, we got we got to talk about when we're seeing it. Yes, we'll see it. Soon. Yeah, we'll talk. Uh, all right, folks. But well, happy belated holidays. We hope yep. you enjoyed them. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, we'll be back with the next episode sometime soon. Sometime soon, hopefully on time. Things are yeah, things are a little bit slower now. So hopefully. Down a, little bit. a little bit. Yeah, I'm getting older. It helps. Yep. Um. Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter. I am at Eric is Nits. Emily Hi. is. Deadly Dolls. And uh, as always, come see us on Palaver, P-A-L-A-V-R dot com. Uh, and come check out our websites. Oh, yes. mine. Well, I never update mine, but it's, it's a small world. fucking update yours. I know. Bitch. What's your... Um, DeadlyDollsHouse.com. You're better than I am. You actually blog. Yeah, but you actually made sense of this episode, so... Woohoo! Yeah. I All know. Right. And as always, if you have something to say to us, you can write us at... Um, Gleecast at gmail.com. Please do. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.